Welcome to the Ripe Global Podcast, a podcast providing innovative and inspirational dental education to dental professionals and their teams worldwide. Each fortnight, we deliver relevant content covering procedures, educational opportunities, and interviews with rock stars from the dental world. As we explore the successes and failures of dentistry, learn practical tips and expert advice to help you become a better dental professional. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Ripe Global Podcast. This is Mike Melkers coming at you from Hanover, New Hampshire. And if this is your first time uh, checking in with us, I wish you a happy new year and a really prosperous 2022. I'm, I'm excited for our, our first uh, podcast guest of the year and i've been a big fan of hers on ripe global got to know her on Ripe global and i would like to welcome dr claudia pinter from vienna austria welcome claudia hi michael good to chat with you you as well i'm, I'm excited to have you i know we've been trying to get you for a while and with all our crazy schedules uh, here we finally are so claudia how did how did, uh, how did 2021 wrap up for you well it has been an amazing year i'm I just finished um, taking a look back at what has happened and yeah, it's full of great memories. I started in new practices and a lot of new things. And yeah, I'm also pretty much looking forward to the year that is coming. There are great things ahead, so I'm pretty excited. That's good. You know, I love that answer. It's so full of optimism. And, and I know the, the viewers, the listeners can't see your face, but I mean, you're just lighting up. And so many people when they talk about uh, the anxiety of 2021 or the dread of 2022, but I mean, both of those are great years of opportunity and, and possibility, don't you think? Absolutely. You know, I mean, I'm a person, I, I'm always positive. So there is no chance of me being other than positive. I, For me, the class is always half, half full and this is my my way of of going through life so yeah totally agree i like i, I like that approach so uh, speaking of life uh you you know you're, you're from and are, are you from vienna i know you live in vienna is that where is that where you're originally from um well not i'm not originally from vienna i'm two hours away from vienna that's where i grew up but uh after after dental school i I decided that I wanted to live in Vienna because it's, in my opinion, it's the best city to live in. We have yeah, such a high quality of life in the city. So I really enjoy it. I, I have never had the, had the pleasure of visiting. I've seen pictures. My sister uh, has, uh, has taught there on a number of occasions at conferences, and I, I look forward to visiting someday. So tell us, tell us what you love so much about Vienna. Well, you know, I can go for a run like from my door and run to beautiful parks, but it's also very comfortable because it's not too big. So you do not get into a lot of traffic jams. So I, I enjoy going with the bike everywhere. And yeah, also, I don't know. It's just easy going. It's not too big. Like it's, the places scattered around and there's so many places there's one center and um yeah you can go everywhere by by walking but it's still big enough to have all places those 
cool uh, uh, spinning classes and cool restaurants. And this is what I enjoy for me. It's the perfect mixture. Oh, that sounds wonderful. So, you know, we've gotten to know each other a little bit online and I've seen your, all of your gorgeous work, but I, I, I know that some of the listeners don't know who you are and like to know a little bit more about you. So before you got to be on it, tell us a little bit about your background, where you, where you went to school, where you grew up, what, what, the, what, what was that like? Well, um, that was, um, I grew up like probably every Austrian girl, pretty uh, basic. And after, after graduating from school, I had the chance to study in Germany, which uh, was very cool for me. I mean, Austria and Germany is pretty similar, but there are a few differences. And uh, yeah, the, the Germans uh, really are very precise. And so this was a very good school for me. Uh, because I like to be easygoing and so they taught me how to be very precise which is very important in dentistry and um, I then switched back to Vienna because my my family was in Austria and everything like this so I, I decided to stay in Austria uh, and work here and this is uh, where I live right now in Vienna. So you did your 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 dental school in Germany. And which which university were you at? At the University of Würzburg. It's still in Bavaria, but in the north of Bavaria. So oh okay. Oh so okay. Then you you were telling you and I were chatting a little bit before we started, and you said that you started out as a general practitioner, but then you decided to specialize in orthodontics. Yeah, uh, so after finishing dental school, I worked as a general practitioner, you know, because I wanted to to get experience in all kinds of fields. So that's why I did not specialize right after dental school. But uh, then pretty early, I decided I wanted to do orthodontics. And this is why I specialize in that field. And um, ever since I'm I'm working almost 100 uh, percent. I'm doing almost 100 percent orthodontic procedures and um, I started doing braces and now I've come to, um, yeah, almost treat 100 percent aligner cases. And treating <clears throat> treating those cases, as I said, incredibly impressive. And, you know, your commitment to excellence in aligner therapy has been incredibly impressive. And I don't mean this and please don't take this wrong, but you look incredibly young, but your skill set is incredibly advanced. How did that happen in such a short amount of time? Well, thank you. Um, you know, it's, it's like this dentistry is my biggest passion. So I, I do not work. I, I enjoy, um, learning and this is why I spend like almost all of my free time in further education and in you know also observing my own work and um, checking how how I did things and assessing my work and I think this is how I've come to a level that uh, I I can also do it very well and do probably more than than um, what is usually taught with aligners. So Claudia, after you had, how many years of experience did you have after dental school? You said you were doing just general practice? 
Yeah. Um, so I, I worked as an employed dentist at a big hospital where mm-hmm. I got to know all kinds of dentistry, like restorative dentistry, oral surgery, everything. So I could get a good glimpse of what it's like to do oral surgery and I could um, see what, what do you like most? And it was pretty clear that I liked the restorative work, especially um, in the interior, you know, we had all those emergencies coming in with the broken uh, central. And I said, send them all to me and I, I will fix that. Um, so this is how I get, I guess, a little bit of expertise in uh, interior dentistry. And this is also one of my passions. Mm-hmm. Like, so, I li- really so like with- doing it. And you're amazing at it. So, so with that transition, what prompted you to want to start to focus on orthodontics and pursue uh, additional training in that field? Well, that's a good question. Um, I don't know. I guess I I also saw my sister doing orthodontics, and I really liked how how you can change someone's life because people are very insecure about their smile, about the teeth, they try to hide them. And then with orthodontics, you can really change the, the face and the confidence of someone else. And they suddenly feel happy about the smile and they show very openly. So this is something where you have that immediate reaction with the, with the patient, like they're so happy. Uh, and this is something that really fuels me with passion. Like we're not not repairing something that was broken and the patient doesn't mind. So we're really changing something that's important to the patients. And this is something I like. Well, I, I, I like that. What what was your what was your experience like in your in your initial orthodontic training? Um, what was my experience like in my initial orthodontic training? Well, I, I started doing braces. So I had a really good knowledge of how to treat patients with braces, a lot of kids. Um, And so I got a good understanding of how teeth move. What are the biomechanics of of orthodontics? Um, And this is, yeah, this is the the base that my my knowledge comes from, like uh, conventional braces. And from there, you were you were chatting a little bit about how you were drawn towards aligners. What what took you in that direction? Um, yeah. So what I really like is that it's a great option for adults who want uh, aesthetic treatments and who who want to change their But uh, braces is just not an option for them because they're they have their jobs where. They do not want to wear braces because yeah, it's not an option for them. So we can offer, or I could offer them solutions that they were willing to accept. And uh, they were very happy when, when someone said, hey, it can be done with aligners. But of course that, that needs a lot of know-how, how to do it. And this is why I spent a lot of time with further education to learn how to do it. So with, with that transition from, from traditional, you know, wires and brackets and, and bands and all that to aligners, how did you find the training? And I'll ask this two different ways and please feel free to answer however you like, is how did you find the, 
transition to aligners as far as the educational uh, experience similar? And how did you find it different? Well, it is very different in terms that there is really education in aligner treatments. So it was very hard to find good aligner education. Um, and well, it's what I, what I like most about it is that you really begin with the end in mind. Like you have the, the visualization of where the teeth should be in the end and you need to direct them how to go there. And with braces, it's a little bit different. You, you put the braces on the, the brackets on the teeth and then they, it gets straighter from, from week to week. So this is something I really like that, that you really need to focus on the treatment planning and the, the precision in the treatment planning will define how good the result will be. Mm -hmm. So you said it was difficult to find quality continuing education with the aligners. Without, of course, naming names or anything, what shortcomings did you see in the programs that you shied away from? Um, they, they just said, like, what is not possible and where to stay away from, but they weren't really offering solutions or um, giving solutions that are not really uh, well applicable. So uh, I found um, ways of education where they, they really show how to do it and the thinking behind it, so, because you really need to understand something to implement it into your own cases. If you're just trying to copy a recipe, it won't work for your case, because of course, every patient is different. So you really need to understand that. And this is what I appreciated at the uh, educations that I took, um, that they really teach concepts and give you principles that you can apply. Yeah, how have you brought that? Because you're not just someone who's, who's taken the training, you're actually an orthodontic educator yourself. How have you taken those shortcomings and those kind of breakthroughs? How, how have you brought that to your own teaching? Well, I spend a lot of time assessing my own work. So I take pictures at every checkup, at every orthodontic checkup. And this has helped me very much to learn, okay, what worked? What did I plan? And how did it turn out? And this is true for every kind of dentistry you're doing. No matter if you're doing a filling or orthodontic treatment, if you take pictures, you have the time to assess your work because... There are so many details you cannot see in the mouth because the patient is moving and there's so many distractions. So this is really something that has helped me to assess my own work. So it, I have to giggle a little bit because, you know, I think about orthodontic uh, advertisements for courses that I've seen and, or, or even, I don't know if you've heard of Smile Direct Club where patients in the US can take their own impressions and send them in and they talk about how easy. And, you have a you have such a unique way of saying things in that how hard you are on yourself in a good way is you you people aspire to be you people aspire to get the results that you do but when I hear you just talk about yourself you talk about how much you critically analyze your own work what that's a special quality where where did that come from <laughs> well that goes back to probably one of my mentors, my orthodontic mentors, uh, who I asked her, what would you recommend me? I want to do more education. What would you recommend me? 
And she said, take pictures of your work and look at them. And, you know, this is also something that I heard again at the Fellowship of Restorative Dentistry, where we are uh, trained to take pictures. And this is like the most important thing that you take pictures and take time to assess your work. Uh, yeah, photography is is just is such the cornerstone of the Fellowship of Restorative Dentistry. And we tend to, and I think you and I are, are, are the poster poster children for this, we're our own harshest critics. And, uh, and, and that's a tough road. So with that, I have to ask, uh, because even before you joined, because you, did you didn't take the first module in the Fellowship or Restorative Dentistry, you started in module two, which is the anterior component, correct? Correct, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I'd already seen your work on RIPE. It was, it, it's gorgeous. What inspired you or what prompted you to sign up for module two? Well, the reason why I signed up for module two was because as an orthodontist, you really need to, to know how to do little restorative work in the interior, because if you get the teeth straight, it really sometimes they look worse than in the beginning because teeth are so badly worn. And this is what an orthodontist should know how to do, even if it's not our field, but you still need to do it to get a good result. Um, and this is why I wanted to learn all about how, okay, how do centrals and interior teeth really look? Like you always think you know how to look, but um, if you have to reproduce it in the mouth, it's, it's totally different. So this is what uh, I, I really uh, was taught and what I could learn is, you know, how to do the incisal edges and, and how to get the teeth right at the first try, you know, not to, like getting some kind of central, but you're not happy um, and just to perfect my work here. You know, when you, when you say that, Nate, and I'm sorry, I sound like a stalker. I'm giving you so many compliments about the level of your care. What shortcomings did you see or what specific areas of improvement did you want to work on in your own work that, that you led you to the module two? You know, I've come to a point where I did anterior restorations and the patient was very happy, but I was not. So it was good. It was very good, but it was not excellent. And I did not know what I need to correct. So, and then I learned all the theory about it, you know, and the long axis and everything. And then I suddenly see more and I, I knew what I needed to correct to get those results that I wanted, like per, almost perfect results. So this was something that really helped me because I did not know what to correct. And the fellowship has helped me to, to do those corrections that still needed to be done. You know, that's, that's a big step as, uh, you know, as a clinician, and especially I think more so as an educator, to not only admit that you have shortcomings, but to admit what you just did, which is you didn't even know, you weren't even sure what the shortcomings were. The, the shortcomings were the awareness that you didn't, you didn't even know what you needed to improve. And of course, um, what I also wanted is to just have more practice to get even faster because it, it took me a long time to do um, anterior restorations and I just wanted more practice so I, I can get faster and I can do the procedures in less time 
and that's the, then of course the also the profitability will go up if you if it takes you less time to do the same case well this leads to the obvious next question can you share what breakthroughs and how you know what lessons specifically i know you talked about line angles and that what aha moments did you have in the fellowship because you said you didn't know what you didn't know what do you know now uh well there's so <laughs> many things um like if they're yeah like really the position of the incisible edges uh in combination with the line angles and the gingival senate so this is something that dr lane Ochi has uh, corrected in one of my cases because I, I shared them and I asked for feedback in the whole uh, community, which consists both of students and of, of uh, educators. And uh, they they helped me with little drawings on my uh, restorations uh, to show me what, what needed to be correct, what was off and why it was not looking correctly. Because if the long axis of the teeth are looking in different directions, uh, this is very distracting and this is something very small, but if you look at it, you still think that there's something wrong. And this was something that really helped me. And also, you know, to do what I learned was to do presentations to like, if I do an interior case, I like to show my patient the presentation of what is now and how it could look afterwards, like smile design. And, you know, it, Doing a presentation really helps to organize my mind to, you know, or put the pictures in the right order and to, yeah, just to order the, the, the thoughts in my mind. So tell, tell me, share with me that workflow. So I, I'm a new patient and I come to your office and I don't know what I don't know. I know I don't like my smile, um, but I'm not sure why. And hey, you're the expert. How does walk us through a day in your practice of how a new patient would 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 proceed with care with you that during that initial visit? So um, if the patient has a perfect bite and everything, so then I could go directly to the restorative work to aesthetic work, um, and I would do pictures with the con contrast plate and a picture of the patient smiling. And I would say, okay, uh, I will analyze all these pictures, and we meet again for. A second appointment where I, I show you what I have in mind, what I want to change, and we will check if this is what you imagine, if you liked it. And with those pictures, I can manipulate manipulate them, like draw on the teeth and restore the edges, like where I want them to be, or um, like draw the line where the incisal edge needs to be. And then I show that to the patient and explain, okay, look, this is how the teeth should look like so that they form a harmonious smile, like the centrals, like the teeth are forming a positive smile line. And the patients can very easily understand that. And they, they usually, when you show them a simulation of what the end result could look like, they always go ahead with treatment because now they have that vision of their beautiful teeth in their mind. And of course they want to do it. So you're doing that with, with just drawings, uh rather than something like a clin check or a setup by uh, orthodontic aligner company during that initial phase? Well, uh, this is pretty cool because uh, usually the teeth are very crowded or we have gaps or whatever. Um, and this is 
it is not it's difficult to do a simulation on that. So I use the, the Alina software to do a simulation of the outcome that I have in mind where the teeth are straight. And then I do drawings on the on the visualization of this, on the simulation of where I want the incisal edges to be. Um, and I draw that beautiful smile that will uh, later be in, in the patient's mouth. And um, yeah, this is a great tool, how, how we can take smile design even one step further. Okay, hold up. So you're doing your own orthodontic software designs. So you're not sending them off to Invisalign. You're not sending them off to Clear Correct or one of those companies that, that a technician is doing the setup. You're actually doing your own setups. Yes. Uh, so I'm, I'm doing my own setup, but I, of course, I do it with the software that comes with the liner company. So for Invisalign, it would be uh, the ClinCheck software. For Spark, it would be the Approva software. But um, it had proven for me that I saved the most time if I do the setup of the teeth by myself, because I'm the orthodontist and I know where they need to be in the end. So I do not leave that up to the technician. I do that myself, because if I give that job to the technician, he will probably set the teeth where they look beautiful, but it can be very challenging to move them to this position. So, and this is why maybe the aligner will misfit at some point. And then, uh, yeah, I was for nothing so this is why i do the setup myself i look at all the records very carefully i look at the smiling pictures at the cbct and the uh, panoramic x-ray and i really think okay where does the teeth need to be where they are in perfect occlusion where they form a beautiful smile and where i can actually move them or if i need any auxiliaries like a pad or something I, this question is literally screaming inside my head. Have you always done that? Or at the beginning of your journey, did you allow the technician to set the teeth? At the beginning of my journey, I allowed the technician to set the teeth and I did corrections. Like I, I checked, okay, where did the technician move them? Did he extrude all teeth in one jaw? So this is very unpredictable. And then I changed it. And now I've come to the point where I do not even let the technician do that because it will take me more time. I just do it myself uh, from the start. And it is a learning curve at the, at the beginning. Uh, yeah, but mm -hmm. it is a learning curve at the beginning, but the more often you do it, the easier it will get. There, there's, you know, I love quotes. And there's a quote that says, when the pain is great enough, people change. When did you transition from allowing the technician to do it to grabbing that all into your own hands? Um, by the time I realized how, how easy it is to do a setup. So I, I did some at the beginning and it took me a lot of time, but then I realized that I'm getting faster, very fast. And this is when I, I said, okay, I'm doing them all by myself. And so, when I submit a case to the liner company, I'll say like, do not make any changes because I will do the setup myself. <laughs> it, it saves me a lot of time. I love no, but that. this is really the technician, the technician's job is to do the staging however you want to do it. So, and this is what my technicians doing. I write them, I text them how they're supposed to do the staging. 
and they do that for me and i believe that is their core job and uh, well some i know that uh, not every dentist or orthodontist is doing it like this um, but i want to share how i do it so that other dentists can be successful with their line of treatments and it's very easy if you understand certain principles and you can easily do that yourself and get predict more predictable results with your aligner cases. And yeah, it has helped me a lot and I, I'm happy to share that. That's that's just such a breath of fresh air. Cause you know, I've, I've done some ortho, uh, not, not, you know, a whole lot, but I I've done the, I've done traditional you know, wires and brackets and I've done aligners. And when I talk to a lot of people, you know, some people will say, Oh, just give it to the company. They'll do it for you. It's so easy. You make a lot of money. And then the other uh, people say, oh, just do it all yourself. Uh, you'll be able to do it for cheaper and make a lot of money. I, I know you talked about profitability in there in a whisper somewhere, but everything that you were talking about that I heard that was, that was hitting me right in the chest was you were talking about predictability and excellence and outcome. So it's, uh, I, I know when you, when you start your right global ortho, uh, program, I, I'm going to be one of the first to sign up, and I'm and I'm and I'm super super excited about this. So, what one of the things that I also think about when I look at your work, and, and if you know me, I'm you know occlusion is my passion, and aligners have a huge pitfall uh, that's not talked about uh, in loud voices, but posterior open bites. But you finish your cases, and you do talk about occlusion. Uh, can you can you just share some insights on how that's different with the way you approach cases? Yeah, I'd love to. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> aligners do not create posterior open bites. It's the doctor who creates that, who's not taking care of the anterior precontacts. <laughs> So this is not the thickness of the liner material. It's not, I don't know what. It is the responsibility of the doctor to take care that there are no posterior open bites so that the patient has a very good occlusion everywhere. And it goes all down to the staging, which is the secret of predictability of, of predictable results with aligners. So, uh, and this is also what I want to share how to solve the deep bite correctly so that you have good posterior contact because this is where most of the people struggle they struggle to correct the deep bite and it's not as it's not in the mouth like it was displayed in the software so we have those anterior pre-contacts which are causing a posterior open bite but there are easy solutions how to manage the staging to avoid these pre-contacts and to get good, well-distributed contacts, occlusal contacts. Do you find that you have to do mid-course corrections in your initial setup to achieve that? Or do you, or is that really something you've achieved in your predictability of planning? So uh, I, if I understood the question correctly, I achieve like with the first set of aligners, I achieve approximately like 90% of my goals. And the last 10% uh, I achieve with the refinements, which doesn't mean that the last percent, 10% or they take 10% of the time. You know, the more excellent you want to achieve, 
the more um, sophisticated it gets. But usually I get like 90% uh, with my first phase, with the first set of aligners, and I just need to do little corrections at the end. I, I'm, I'm very impressed that you actually understood my question because I'm not sure if I understood what I asked as I stumbled getting that one out of my mouth. Is Because really, uh, you, if you hear the passion, you hear the engagement coming out of me a little, you know, as we progress through the interview, I'm thinking about all the challenges that I've had with aligners that have brought me to aligners and then I step back. I come and it's like, nope, that's still a problem. And what other hiccups and kind of bumps in the road did you encounter in your in your own journey of refinement of your skills in orthodontics? Well, uh, I think a, a big problem for most of us is to solve rotations uh, because you know it's it's something you need to get right as an orthodontist. If you do not solve the crowding, if you do not solve the rotations of the, of the teeth, uh, what what have you done? So this is something we really need to know how to do it. And this is why it was a big pleasure for me to share that in my lecture about digital orthodontics, where I talk about how to solve uh, rotations with aligners. And there's a little trick to it, which is very easy, um, but so helpful. Once you know it, know how the staging needs to be to uh, rotate teeth. And it's pretty easy, you just need to know it. I mean, this is the whole thing about education. You do not have to invent the, the wheel all by yourself. There is so much knowledge already there. You just need to hear it and apply it and implement it. Well, very well said, which is easily leads into my next question. What drew you to teaching? Wow, yeah, <laughs> good question. Um, I guess the because of the impact that teachers had in my life, they really changed my life and inspired me. And I think this is such a rewarding thing. You know, I mean, I, I love to serve people and to add value to their lives. And for me, this is a way how I can add value to the life of dentists, not only to patients, but also to dentists to help them be successful because uh, I, I have experienced the same. I owe my success to, to the teachers that I had along the path. And I'm I'm very happy to to share that. And of course, if you if you share something, you you're rewarded even more. Do you have a mentor story or a teacher story that you'd like to share? Someone that influenced you that deeply? Wow, there there are so many. <laughs> I I do not have one, but uh, probably what inspired me the most was like to live every day as is as if it was a very special day you know not to waste a day there's no yesterday there's no tomorrow there's only now what you do now so this has probably made a big impact in my life to to seize the day to make the most of what we are given with the time we have carpe diem seize the day yeah so exactly. you you have been inspired by your mentors and you have inspired your your students your attendees whatever you want to call them tell me about the rewards that you've received as a teacher and i don't mean i don't mean awards i mean rewards what what has fulfilled you as you've 
developed your teaching career? Well, I, I like to see people grow. I like to see how they improve and how they are successful. And I, I really admire the, the passion that some of my students or fellow colleagues have for, for their profession. And I, I really believe that together we can, can make the industry even better and to improve the quality of treatments for our patients. And this is something that really inspires me. Yeah, I, I love to to share my my knowledge and to to grow together because I think as a team we can achieve much more than if we're only fighting alone. So we're we're in this together and we we can help each other. So this is something I I really want to uh, carry on. How how have how have you felt that your teaching has changed? since COVID and, and with Ripe Global? Um, well, I, I really enjoy online teachings, like on-demand de, on webinars or uh, on-demand lectures that I can watch whenever I'm in the mood to, to take up new information. Because it happened to me that I went to a congress, but uh, I couldn't take the, the information because I something else was bothering me or I was not receptive. So this is something that I really uh, discovered during, during COVID times that there's uh, online education and it really suits um, my, my lifestyle a lot because sometimes I'm receptive, you know, on, on a Saturday evening um, at home on the sofa and I, I really need that information. So I, I watch a lecture where I get exactly what I need to. Um, and this is very efficient. I mean, it's not, it's done in education is not about the party and the, the social part, which is fun, but it's really about education. You know, when you talk about that, you know, the cloud-based delivery that fits your lifestyle, uh, one of the things that always cracks me up is when Stephanie uh, Hurt uh, posts pictures and, you know, she's at some cafe and there's the Alps in the background and you're expecting, you know, the Von Trapp family to walk by at any second singing. So <laughs> I, I do like yeah. that. And, and it's amazing how much our lives have changed during this time. And just the same way you and I started off the, the podcast, it was talking about, about wow, this is a, an amazing year of opportunity. I, I feel like I've got my life back, uh, you know, that I wasn't on a plane for 120 or 140,000 air miles a year. And I, I jokingly say, yeah, I met my wife. Uh, we've been married 20 years. She seems nice. Uh, looking forward to getting to know her a bit. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's, that's been, you know, that's been what it's been. But, so tell, we've been whispering about this a little bit uh, in, our, in our questions and our answers. Tell us about what's coming up with your aligner programs on Ripe Global in 2022. Uh, yeah, I'm very happy to to share what has helped me the most in my line of journey. And I think there's so much that um, is so helpful and there's so little aligner education. So I think that people are really hungry to learn how to do it because the doctors want to take responsibility over the treatments. They do not want to send it to some technicians and have them take care of the treatment. Nobody wants that. They want to take responsibility over their cases, but you need training how to do it. And this is what I want to give. I want to share my best 
to help other colleagues to be successful with their aligner treatments and to get predictable results because I see that I get exactly what I planned if I do the planning correctly. And this is what I'm very happy and very passionate to share with the community. Can you walk us through a, kind of a little bit of the specifics of the program? How, how this is this going to be delivered? What, what the progression will be? Because I'm really excited about it. And uh, frankly, I'm, I'm, I'm being selfish. I, I want to know, tell me, Claudia, what, what is this program going to have? How is this going to happen? Okay, so it will be delivered in several lectures, and it will be more like um, like topic oriented oriented. So I will have special topics. Like one topic will be about attachments. All you need to know about attachments, how to get it right, or IPR. I mean, it sounds so easy, but really, there are I think few things you should know about it to make your life easy. And also I will go into detail about the treatment planning because this is really where the, uh, where the success is um, and how to do it. And I'll, I will give you principles that you can apply to your cases and principles that are understandable, like uh, how to solve a deep bite. And you, then you know, okay, this is the way to solve a deep bite. And yeah, um, this is something I'm, I'm really looking forward to. As am I. I. I really actually cannot wait for it. You know, there's there's always a question I like to ask <clears throat> that uh, hope won't throw you off, off guard too much is what, if you could go back, what would you tell a previous version of yourself if you had the chance? <laughs> um, okay, I know. I know what I would tell myself. I would tell myself that it is, it is possible to achieve everything I want to. If I want to, it is achievable. Nothing is impossible. So this is something I've discovered and I, I wish I had discovered that earlier. So, <laughs> you know, the, the follow-up question I always ask is, would you have listened? But uh, I think you have, because the, the level that you've achieved, the success that you've achieved, the inspiration that you have for others and your progress into teaching, I think maybe you have whispered that little bit of advice to your former self because you are you embody what is possible to me. Thank you, Michael. You know you're a big inspiration for me as well, and I'm I'm very happy to to have you as a colleague, as a mentor. Um, and I think learning is is always in different directions, and I uh, I really appreciate to learn from you. Well, that. That, that touches my heart. And I, I think that's probably, I can't imagine how we could wrap up this podcast better than you complimenting me. So <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> it's, uh, you're an inspiration to me. I am proud to, and, and uh, I thank you for the very nice compliment. You got me welling up here a little bit, so I'm not talking straight. Claudia, before we sign off, is there anything that you'd like to say to the listeners before we sign off? Well, thank you for listening, and I hope you all have a great start into the new year, and I'm sure it will be a great year for all of us. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining me. 
This is Dr. Claudia Pinter from Vienna, Austria, and Dr. Mike Nalkers from Hanover, New Hampshire, wishing you the happiest and most prosperous of 2022s. And if you'd like to find out more information about Claudia's program that's coming up, you can log on to ripeglobal.com, go up to the courses, and you can have, you will find a register your interest page. And if you want to see some of her absolutely wonderful cases, jump over onto the Ripe Global Facebook page and uh, you'll see them plastered all over the place as well as a lot of my occlusion stuff. Until then and until next time, take care and have a great year. Thank you so much for joining us for this incredible episode of the Ripe Global Podcast. We'll meet you back here next time for some more insights from Ripe Global. And in the meantime, Ripe Global is teaming up with master dentists from all over the world to offer you a fast-growing library of world-class online lectures and masterclasses. Visit our website at www.ripeglobal.com and become a member today.